B-Pod Studios. Uh, how about this guy? Sci-fi, Whoa. anime, Whoa. video games, Whoa. comic books. Whoa. If you've been made fun of for it, we're probably going to talk about it. This is Nerd Radio. Excellent. Welcome, everyone, to this week's Nerd Radio, part of the podcast page over at WRIF.com and part of the B-Pod Studios Network, as well as on your social media, Nerd Radio 101. I'm your host, Chuck Bean, joined by my uh, long-suffering co-host, Al Beck, playing some uh, some music and we didn't, testing uh, his computer. We didn't check the computer I, levels. I finished that sentence before you could interrupt me, checking yeah. your levels. <laughs> Do you need more? Sure. How's that? Cool. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, Al. Mm-hmm. Uh, also joined by uh, my wife, Miss Amy Cooper. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing good. And, um, I like how you always struggle every time you introduce her, because you're like, do I say acronym? Do I say Amy? Do I say I my know. wife? Well, we, is, we always go, I'm like, stop saying my last name. I literally don't like told it. Me. To stop using the last name. <laughs> Amy Bean, how's that? Very good. Much better. Yeah. And uh, and joined once again by Judge Jackie. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the show, sir. Thank you. you good ever, to see you again. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? <laughs> this, I had no idea we had Jack Nicholson on the show. Fascinating. I'm leaving. <laughs> you can't handle the truth. No, no. So yeah, back with some uh, some nerd radio, and this week we're gonna have uh, for if you're a podcast listener, an extra special thing. I just uh, this morning uh, got to interview Shayna Baszler of the WWE because SmackDown is gonna be in town on Friday, so that'll be is this. that gonna eat up an entire segment of our show, or is that a you still bonus? have to be here for three segments? <laughs> it's all right. It'll go. It'll it'll feel like it went by so. There quickly. goes my pod boner so quickly. You know what I. Hot Boner, that's the name yeah. of this week's episode. Yep. There yep. it is. There Excellent, go. thanks. I think that's the fastest thing that's ever happened before. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. We're getting everything done as fast as possible this week. Uh, Al, I have a story for you that I think you'll appreciate. So a mutual friend of ours, uh, Paul Buck. Uncle yeah, Buck, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was in his office the other day. I, I walked in just as he was finishing uh, his lunch, and he was watching MASH. Yeah, on his, uh, on his, he watches every lunch on his uh, on his phone. So I asked him, "Oh, what episode are you watching?" And he said, "Episode or season six, episode four. And I was like, "Sir, I'm not Al Beck. That, that <laughs> does not tell me anything. I'm fairly certain yeah. Al Beck would know lines from it if you just told him season six, episode four. Uh, not quite. What I can tell you is uh, Charles Winchester is new. That's his first season." <laughs> So uh, that's yeah. This is why I brought it up because I wanted yeah. to. I wanted to see like how many factoids you could pull yeah. from just season six. You can if you four. watch the intro, yeah. and you have no life and didn't have sex till your adulthood. <laughs> uh, you can actually pinpoint to a uh, like a degree which season you're in just from the opening sequence. Because you know you got the first three seasons with the original cast members. Well, there's a shot of uh, what is it, BJ Honeycutt? There's a shot of BJ. So season four, five, and six. I'm sorry. Well, four and five, you'll see him, but uh, uh, Larry Linville is still in the cast. Um, But by season six, you've got David Ogden Steyer's now is on the cast, so you can pinpoint that one. And then from season seven to eight, uh, he's got a mustache. 
and yes. uh, and O'Reilly still a radar still on the cast. So, and then uh, after that, <laughs> he's gone. He's not on the opening credits anymore. I've got Al invested yeah. in the show. All it took was making it match. Yeah. Believe it or not, I've actually got something I can talk about briefly. Hey, all right. On this episode, at some point, it's comic book related. So. Excellent. Yeah, I do have. Yeah. I've got. Some, I brought some books in that I wanted to do. Then we'll show say, tell, we'll, so. we'll we'll wait on mine until we get to uh, talk to some comic, comic book books. segment. Yeah. So, uh, Jackie, what have you been up to since last time we seen you? Work. Other than that, just kind of being Jackie. Um, I've been kind of, as of late, going back to the games and music that I missed kind of in previous years, like the early 2000s. You sure. About like really good album coming out and just kind of slept on it. Yep. So I've been kind of rediscovering those. I'm playing through Brutal Legend from the Xbox 360 Ooh, right now. That's a fun ass game. Oh, man, I'm loving it. You know, it's just it's total love letter to Metalheads. Yep. And I mean, me as a metalhead indeed um yeah just been pretty much spending my free time doing that and trying not to go crazy by the end of the summertime working in radio i think my favorite black sabbath song is children of the grave because mm. it's in that game because you hear it so many times while you're playing it and every I was time like, you jump in the deuce man this is a great <laughs> goddamn guitar riff <laughs> so yeah fant- fantastic stuff uh amy what uh, what are you bringing to the table this week for Nerd Radio? Well, I just finished Sandman finally. Yeah. So, uh, the we were trying to do a little experiment of would Sandman land with me because I've not read it. Mm. Yeah. And and it did. I really okay. liked it a lot. I feel like there's a lot of stuff that I even last night I had it on again because this is what I do now is just like once I watch something I just obsessively watch it over and over again to consume as much as possible. But um, I feel like there are some stuff that I'm like, I want them to win awards for this like yeah. <laughs> in certain aspects of the, the filmmaking and everything else. But I did really like the story overall. And Morpheus is such a moody little thing. He, he absolutely Scrawny, is. Scrawny, tall, moody little thing. But it's interesting to see him develop humanity and see some of the people that I haven't seen in a bit like... Um, the guy that played Remus Lupin is one of the oh, actors. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, also, um, was we just Arthur, watched the episode. Arthur Darville was in yep. the latest. Uh, so over the weekend, they actually dropped an 11th episode. Yeah. Because uh, they, they were, um, the season was 10 episodes long. But then last week, somebody had got seen some screenshots from another episode that hadn't come out yet. And they were like, oh, I wonder when we're going to get this. I wonder when, it, when it's going to drop. Uh, and they Netflix decided, you know what? You already know it exists. Here you go. Here's episode eleven, and it's a pair of one-shot stories from the comic. Oh, okay. one of them is one of them is animated. It's called "The Dream of a Thousand Cats," and then the second episode is based on a one-shot uh, story from the comic called "Calliope" and stars Arthur Darville from uh, Doctor Who. Makes me wonder what their their actual game plan was. Even if what played out was their game plan all along, like right. oh, we'll leak a couple of screenshots, wait till the internet gets a hold of it, and then we'll just go ahead and release. Even if that was the game plan, yeah, I wonder what the the actual strategy was. It's interesting because Neil Gaiman, who wrote the comics, has been very, uh, very into like as an executive producer of the show. He's been very involved, but he's also been very active online with fans as they, you know, uh, of course, first dealing with the fans that are complaining about some of the casting. uh, But then also letting people know that uh, as, as early as last week that it's like Netflix is interested in the first month engagement. So if you want more of this, you need to make sure you watch it a bunch of times the first month it comes out. 
Otherwise, they will not greenlight more of this. I read uh, something on that recently, and I forget the exact numbers, but it's like so many Netflix shows have been canceled just because they didn't do those numbers that you're looking for in the, just the first month, and it's just like, yeah. No, we did like, a deep dive on um, they had a uh, Cowboy Bebop show. When Maybe they did the yeah, yeah, they did the live action of it, and that was the reason that they didn't renew is like it didn't get enough streaming numbers from Netflix for the next season, and right. there was some pushback on like one of the ending characters that they hmm. were introducing for say the second season. So I have a feeling like in that Archive eighty one was the other one that yeah. didn't get renewed. Yeah, was- I felt like could have, but not enough people knew about it. Right. I mean, you're in a sea of content when it comes to Netflix, anyway. So I mean, oh, for sure. so many original shows. It's like it's easy for stuff to get lost. And yes, yeah, I, I, that's I, true. I understand where they're coming from from a business pan- standpoint. You know, they want to keep all the fresh money coming in. But right. the good thing about Netflix is if you're if it's streaming and it's available to you whenever, like that money will eventually come for the people who find it. It's difficult, I think, in this in the modern world. That's the modern version of. Uh, a sitcom that was on the air for three weeks and then they pulled it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like, the thing is, the the business model is you do a whole season, you release the whole season. So it's not even like you're signing on for three episodes at a time and then we'll extend the contract to six episodes. There's a famous Seinfeld story about uh, uh, Larry David talking about, like, uh, they'd get uh, they got the first pilot and he's like they're never going to pick this up I never have to do this again great and then so they pick it up and they order like three episodes it's like how the hell are we going to write three of these things so they write it and he's like these are terrible they're, it's never going to go past that and then they order more episodes and he's like oh my god what do I have to do to get the show canceled and he was like that all the way up until he left the series in yeah. like season seven or eight uh, when he ended up leaving <laughs> he, just, like, you know, he just dragged his feet the entire time which is one of the reasons why I love that Kirby enthusiasm was like one season every 14 and a half years right because i feel like he goes through the same thing um i don't want to do this anymore it's ready when it's ready but until you're a seinfeld a bing bang theory or whatever and they order up five years of the show at a time or a rick and morty or rick and morty they're doing like those first couple seasons are usually like little episode packages. We'll renew you for six more and then put it in order maybe for another four or five down the road. But now you got Netflix that's got to do an entire season and every season costs, you know, $18 billion. Right. So they're like, well, if people didn't watch it enough in the first month, we're not going to put up the money for a a season two. So it makes sense, but it kind of sucks because they're not doing in those increments. I always felt like that's almost the the Hollywood box office thing, where it's like if your opening weekend wasn't great, then your movie tanked. And it's like, but like, it's still going to be in theaters for another month, right? So like you probably make some money back. Well, that's how you develop cult favorites, too. You know, it's like right. you smash it right out of the gate. Then you find the audience over time. And then you know, the, the cult favorite, you just get that built in audience. I always thought that that mentality, especially when it, when they translate it to other stuff, like in video games, it's the same thing. Whereas like if those sales of, of you know, uh, I can't you know, the Elden Ring, if the sales of Elden Ring weren't great the first week, then like it's a failure. Like, sure. no, it's still going to be in stores. For a long time, like Christmas is still months away. There might be a big boom of people that want to check out Elden Ring for Christmas. Um, Just wild stuff. While we're talking about streaming stuff, too, did you guys see uh, over the weekend HBO Max uh, is offloading? I think it's like 36 different animated shows. Uh, Not even saying we're not going to make any more of these, but literally wiping them off the servers. And being like, yeah, we need to make room for whatever. So let's just move this and some of the shows literally had already been optioned for another season 
That's insane. On HBO Max, and they're just like, no, we're just gonna. Not only are we not gonna get that other season, but we're gonna, we're gonna. One of them is a uh, uh, a Batman animated kind of uh, redo with Paul Dini that like was near done. It's that it's it's the, the Warner Brothers is weird right now because <laughs> I think the last time we were in studio, I don't think we got to mention it, but like the story came out that the Bat and the Batgirl killed. Yeah. The Batgirl movie is not going to happen. It's done. It's uh, but, yeah. but like the they're test- not doing that. I mean, the Flash thing's a little out of their hands because <laughs> <laughs> that dude is going to therapy, yeah, and they, that's the they uh, hired a supervillain to play the the Flash, right? But yeah, like they they finished the Batgirl movie, and the test audiences were like, "Yeah, it's fine," and they're yeah. like, "Well, then we're just not going to release it." I remember when we moved into the studio; these chairs were awesome, and I am so now we have a problem. This thing now. <laughs> It's like permanently leaned back. I don't. I just. Oh there is a way to fix that. It's, it's, I'm just gonna grumble. It's just about gonna. It. Yeah, you more yeah. like complaining about it than. I wonder what our viewership is. We got four people watching this right now. <laughs> they can watch me struggle with my chair. Well, we've got one, two, three. three. Yeah. So we got one person watching. Us. Yeah. Valiant summer. Valiant summer. summer. <laughs> Thanks, bro. But uh, yeah, that's a, that, that's going back to talking about the streaming service. It's like. It's fine if your thing doesn't, like Cowboy Bebop, doesn't get a second season. But when it disappears off the service forever, that's the real, like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like, are, what, are they running out of cloud space or something? I mean, why, why would they remove any content at all when it could Up mean more Dropbox, viewership? Like, calm down. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's like, there's premium plans, HBO shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I'm, so are we not going to get a Venture Brothers season eight now? I mean, I, I I'm still heartbroken over this. Yeah, I have no idea because the I, I've got the list here, and most of it is a lot of shows that you know they're like Cartoon Network shows. Or it's, yeah, boy. <laughs> messing with his uh his chair over this stuff like fixed. Uncle Grandpa and OK uh, KO Ma- Mighty Magic Swords are are going away. Uh, I'm just gonna sit down here now. I can't see anyone. <laughs> All right. I thought that Uncle Grandpa was like popular. I feel like it kind of is as far as like, you know, Cartoon Network kids shows. Yeah. It's, it seems like the kind of show that kids would really, it's so random and weird that really young kids is. would probably be like, this is the best <laughs> thing ever. Have you ever watched Uncle Grandpa? I have not. Like, I, I feel like I only really watched that episode. Oh, you Steven saw was the Steven Universe episode like, with Uncle a, Grandpa. But that's, that's a enough. perfect, yeah, that's a perfect encapsulation of what to expect. Meanwhile, <laughs> I haven't even heard of it. <laughs> I had an uncle grandpa growing up, but it turns out we weren't related at all. <laughs> wow. That's unfortunate. I, that's a story we don't want anymore. Yeah, on. that's a different podcast, guys. <laughs> but yeah, one of the creators for uh, Infinity Train, which was a show that was exclusive to HBO Max uh, over the weekend, really took them to task on Twitter about the fact that it's like, I talked to some of the other people that got you know canceled uh, as far as HBO Max is concerned over the weekend. There, There was no heads up on any of this just, it was just a matter of like yeah your show's not going to be on the service anymore okay well where's it going to be we don't know <laughs> what are you going to do about it we're HBO <laughs> yeah but part of it is that I guess uh, Discovery has bought Warner Brothers so they're like trying to reestablish how they want uh, oh boy how how they want that stuff I wonder what's going to happen when they start looking at like the publishing arm of DC Comics like what what's going to happen there right more bad only Batman books Batman needs to be in every single Warner Brothers book. <laughs> no no more of this, this other stuff. Let's take a short break. 
We'll be back with some more Nerd Radio. We've got some gaming news to talk about. And while we're talking about streaming stuff, uh, She-Hulk came out last week. Curious if you guys saw it, what you thought of it. Jackie's like, I ain't watched nothing. I said, I, I don't know why you have me on this show. I don't watch TV anymore. Like, it just occurred to me last time. It was like, do I even have TV? Like, <laughs> we'll be back. Imagined. Some more Nerd Radio. Backstagecountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Country music has so many generous artists who always seem to jump in to help those in need. We're spotlighting five who lead by example and lend a helping hand to charitable causes. See who made our list when you text GIVE to 45911. Text GIVE to 45911 and read all about it right now on BackstageCountry.com. I'm Katie Featherstone. And I'm Mika Sloat, and you're listening to Nerd Radio. I love that creepy paranormal activity music. I didn't realize there was a soundtrack to paranormal activity. Hmm. There and is. then I talked to them, Katie and Micah, from uh, from paranormal activity at one of the conventions, and I'm like, well, I need to put something creepy under there, and just Googling, and I was like, oh, there's, there's a soundtrack to paranormal activity. There's a song. All right, cool. Huh. Excellent. Yeah. So we just heard screaming Mika over and over through the night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The clock flashing 3 a.m. Uh, so last week, uh, the She-Hulk show had its first episode on uh, Disney+. Plus. They've moved that to Thursday so that when Andor, the Star Wars show, comes out, uh, and that's on Wednesdays, you don't have like two television shows to deal with every uh, week. Did you guys uh, check out She-Hulk yet? I don't think I care anymore. No. I just, no. It's just too just hard much. out. Yeah. It's all right. It's pretty fun. I'm trying to think of where I even left off. I haven't seen the new Doctor Strange movie. Right. Uh, I know Morbius doesn't really count. Maybe Hawkeye. That. Uh, I did see Hawkeye. What was after that? Moon Knight. I did watch Moon Knight. Ah. But every time it's it's like the cutting off the head of the snake, two more grows type yeah. of thing. Every time I catch up on a goddamn Marvel movie, there's three more series that just pop up. Yeah. Hail Hydra. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. They did say that uh, Thor Love and Thunder is going to be on the service in a couple of weeks. Awesome. I think the first week oh. is September. Cool. That'd be cool. They just got to get them Spider-Man movies on there. Figure it out, Sony. No, that's so weird that they're like in a couple different places. It is strange. And, and I feel like if you put it all in one place, people would be watching it. Right. But like if you have it disjointed like the way it is. um, You were talking about like She-Hulk in general. Like I thought it was really good. Yeah. Um, Like I thought it was fun, but it's definitely like one of those like target audience situations where it's definitely like got it's got its comedic stuff, but it might not be for dudes i i feel like that's that's the hard part is mm. like they they were saying that there was even some people that were already like poo-pooing it on mm. on either social media or imdb or stuff like that and it was all like mid-30s men that were not cool with it and i was like what are you trying to say about mid-30s men <sighs> you know i'm not trying to say anything <laughs> but i i do understand that some men are like i don't want women-centric stories and it is what it is. I I accept that. But um, I I there was one scene in particular that has been going around that I do really appreciate, and it was talking about how uh, Jennifer, her name is Jennifer, right? Jennifer yeah. Walters, yeah. She um was talking about how she has to control her anger every day, and that's something that was like a very real moment in a very goofy TV show. Yeah. But she was talking about like if she comes off too emotional or she comes off like 
angry or something, she's going to be labeled something else at work and how we kind of, as women, have to gauge how we respond to things because if we don't, it could either get us hurt, get us killed, treated poorly, or, you know, being viewed in a specific way when if a man did it, it would be completely different. So I feel like it's one of those things where, like, I really identified with that part of it, but, like, I feel like I see where the, it's a the little, shitty uh, comic book fanboys are going to be about it's it. It's a little bit like the speech that uh, Giancarlo Esposito has in The Boys when he's talking to the Homelander about the fact, or, or I don't even think it's the Homelander, he's talking to somebody else about the fact that, like, he can't do things as a black man yeah. that this other person can do. Exactly. And so there's, like, it's definitely one of those you're being seen type things or, of like, even watching, like, Miss Marvel. Right. You have those moments with Kamala or her friends talking about, like, her one friend talking about why she wears her hijab and everything yes. like that. And so it's, like, stuff like that. It helps the the audiences that aren't being represented get represented, but at the same time, I see where like people, are like, oh, it's just another dumb show about a girl. I don't care. Well, to be fair, on my side, I, I'm not even a fan of He Hulk, so I just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I've never liked that. Character. I never thought that you were doing it for like male reasons of like boo girls. Yeah. I, I, I know yours is more like I'm I, only a fan if this suppresses women. <laughs> <laughs> No, yours is more like a, Al it's still a burnout. In, Al still believes in cooties. <laughs> <laughs> I did request a bubble in this studio right. as you were bringing Amy go. in. Right, so. exactly. Yeah. You didn't want the cooties to yeah. transmit. I think to put a button on this is uh, we need to start referring to Hulk as he Hulk. I mean, I, I think that's only fair, right? I agree. How come Jennifer go. has to be she Hulk? Why couldn't she just be Hulk or Jennifer? I was there, like, why don't we just we call go. her Jennifer? Jackie but, uh, for the feminists. Yeah, like, you know, I'm not qualified to talk about any of this. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a dude in his late 30s. Like, they represent me, and I'm, I'm not happy with it. Like, I don't want to hurt anybody. No, you I, get that. I think, though, her commenting on something like that could be a good thing. I think it could also be mishandled, and it could be turned right. against them. Right. And as far as the show aspect goes, I think the real secret to making this show a success is considering she's an attorney and she does represent other superheroes is to get that like the cameo appearances. And that looks like that's where the show is headed, because like even in the first episode, she so a thing from the John Byrne era of She-Hulk comics back in the 80s is that before Deadpool was doing it, she would talk to the audience. She would look into the camera, essentially break fourth in certain. Yeah. And break the fourth wall in comic panels. And that is something they've translated into this show. Mm. And she says right at the get-go, uh, like, the first episode is about how she becomes She-Hulk, so it's got a lot of Bruce Banner and her uh, basically being siblings and, and trolling each other very hard, uh, which is hilariously fun. But she looks dead into the camera and is like, look, you're not going to be able to concentrate on this lawyer show unless you figure out how, why I'm a Hulk, and I understand that, so let's get that out of the way right now. And that's the whole first episode, mm. which is, is really kind of fun. I'm looking forward to the rest of it. It looks like it's going to be... Fun in a way that some of the other shows haven't been specifically for that self-awareness of like, hey, I'm and I I like the idea that there's there's a moment where Bruce is uh, thrown by the fact that when she's a Hulk, she's still Jennifer in her head. And he's like, you don't have you don't feel like there's somebody else's hand on the wheel kind of thing. And I like the implication that like they have different psychosis. Sure. He's so jealous about it, too. She's a bit more in control of herself. She's in control of herself, but she also thinks she's in a lawyer show now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, I think it's funny because they show, like, Bruce is getting bent out of shape, like, spoilers, because of the fact that he hulks. Yeah. uh, Because he had to go through, like, 10 years worth of damage to get where he is. 
And so, like, when he realizes she's in her own head, she's pretty much got it all down. She's catching on way quicker than he was. He's just like, well, I'm just going to rip this out of the binder because he's got, like, this whole binder full of, like, these are the things that I had to learn as a Hulk, so let's try to, like, expedite your process. But then it turns into, damn it, you're better at this than me, and I don't like it. Um, and so obviously this is Mark Ruffalo. Yes. Is, okay. Yeah. I and do like, I like him. I he really does do. a really good job in that episode too. And it gives you a little bit of a backstory of like what happened with him and Tony being friends. Like Tony built him a lab in that, like when they show the promos for the show, they show them in like a tropical area. Tony basically built him an entire lab on this island so he could figure out his smart Hulk business and so he had all of this tech to his disposal and Tony like helped him build this bar on the island. So like they have their initials etched in the bar. Because if Tony Stark is going to build you a thing, a bar is going to be included. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> course, yeah. He built him like this tiki bar called Bruce's Well, if he comes to visit, he can't go through withdrawals. Exactly, no, yeah. No, sir. But like they had his like initials were in the bar. Like he etched it in the bar with Bruce. So it's like they were buddies and kind of gives you that like little backstory you never got about why Bruce and Tony are so close. Because by the time you get to like, well, even with Age of Ultron, they're already like this and you don't know why, but it's like because they're both so nerdy and they can talk about that stuff together, Mm. you kind of get that little, yeah, you get that little science bros backstory with it, which is cool. But of course we know what I'm most excited about is whenever Daredevil shows up. up. (laughs) I'm still waiting for that. Hopefully it'll be somewhat soon, but people were kind of bleh about it online because they were asking like, oh, well, you know, Daredevil's so dark and now you're saying you're going to lighten it up. I'm like, Matt Murdock is a flirt. He's funny. He's goofy. He's got a dry sense of humor. Yeah. And like you cannot be friends with Foggy Nelson and not have like comedic timing. So, yeah. I feel like it'll be fine, but we'll see. Is uh, is Jennifer, uh, is she a defense attorney or is she a prosecutor? At least in the first episode, she's a defense attorney. Right. If I had to guess the way the show is going to work, she is defending against a corporation. Okay. And if you watch the previews, which Hal does not, he doesn't watch previews. I um, don't know. That particular corporation. I don't watch the shows and movies anymore either. Right. I'm really out of the game. That particular corporation is looking to start a uh, a defense law arm uh, for the the superheroes and like she's going to end up defending uh, Abomination mm-hmm. from the uh, they got the actor from the Edward Norton Hulk from, to come uh, back. They got Tim Roth, yes, oh, as Abomination, which is nice. interesting as well. Mr. Orange, yeah. So yeah, it'll be it'll be a fun show. And apparently, according to Samba TV, it has already doubled the uh, amount of viewers that Miss Marvel got for its first episode. Wow, that's another one I haven't watched. Oh, yeah. another woman show. <laughs> I feel like well, <laughs> I don't me. think I, I was like, oh, they're showcasing women now. I'm out. I don't <laughs> think that you would be into Miss Marvel. It definitely has like toward the end it gets better, but it definitely starts off feeling very CW. Ah, okay. So it's it's more more kid type style. I'm just, I yeah. feel like if you're if you're a preteen that really likes Marvel stuff, then you're gonna, feel, you're gonna feel <laughs> like I this am. is your show. <laughs> I prefer to think of myself as a tween. Uh, well, of course. Um, <laughs> I'm just at a which, point. Which with, Korean pop band are you super into? <laughs> <laughs> as a tween. Um, I'm just at this point now where it's like it used to be there were so many things I wanted to watch. I just didn't have time for it and it was frustrating. But now it's to the point where 
I'm so sick of it and so frustrated. I don't even want to watch the things anymore. <laughs> right. like I'll look at my DVR or the streaming services. I'm like, man, I really liked that show, but <sighs> that seems like quite an undertaking to just sit there for an hour. My answer is uh, you need to develop insomnia <laughs> and only get about three hours of sleep a night. Mm. And, and then in those in those hours where the rest of the household is asleep and you can't sleep, that's that's when you start watching just random things on streaming services. Or you try to watch Tenant and fall asleep. That's <laughs> yeah, that's definitely been uh, th- something I've tried. Tenant is the new um, Blade Runner for me. I was me. just gonna say, yeah. if you're having such trouble sleeping, just put Blade Runner. On. I have seen Blade Runner all the way through multiple times. Oh my God, you've got a problem. I do. <laughs> yeah. So is is Deckard a replicant? Hmm. Never mind. I don't. That's okay. Hmm. <laughs> that's a good question. Why are you working that out? <laughs> that's the question in the movie, really. Which is which is fair. It's just fun to watch Harrison Ford uh, get his ass kicked over and over again by replicants in that movie. True. Like I don't. He's supposed to be a uh, a you know a, a private eye that can figure out if, with, through this test whether somebody is a replicant or not. He's not good at his job. <laughs> Misses a lot of obvious signs. Yeah. yeah, and that's kind of the fun of watching that movie. I actually watched the Resident Evil show on Netflix that way because I couldn't sleep. It wasn't a bad show, but they left it like they want to make more of them, and I don't want more of them. It's just one of these is fine. There's plenty, if you're a fan of the games, there's plenty of stuff that's like, oh, that's Resident Evil 4. Oh, that's the, they, they said the Master of Unlocking thing. I remember that from the first Resident Evil. Oh, that character's from this one. That's cool. But like, I, don't, I don't need more of that show. My game service. I'm glad Al's here this week because he apparently watched less TV than I do, and I was like, "Yes, <laughs> I'm not in the crosshairs now." Right. Well, it's like him talking about like doing an undertaking. People have tried to get me to watch Supernatural, and oh no, thank you. There's Pan- so much Pandolf of that show. wants me to watch Clone Wars, and now my friend Tony's like that too. And I'm like, guys, I get I love Star Wars, but I'm not watching Clone Wars. It's not happening. Got my hand off. So much, yep. much. <laughs> Yeah, well, then Game of Thrones just came back, too. I'm sure yeah. Mike is That's super happening. pumped about that. <laughs> That's the other one. I've been, you know, watching through those. And, yeah. man, like, I'm, I'm actually so close to the end. And I just, just every time I'm like, stop I now. I, could, I guess I could put on just, a. <laughs> Stop now and just enjoy what you had. <laughs> a friend of mine at the comic yeah. store actually is rewatching Breaking Bad because he just finished Better Call Saul, just wrapped up. And he wants to, like, relive it yeah. relive it and he's like there's a lot of things i didn't remember yeah because it's it's you know when you get any tv show that's like six or seven seasons deep like there's going to be episodes where when it happens you're like oh yeah this happened or yeah. characters that you do not remember because they were only in one season i wonder how that if i if we rewatch that how it would hold up i'm sure it's still great he says he's enjoy- he says he's enjoying it but he's realizing that from the jump Walter White is not a good person. Oh, yeah. It's not a matter of he turns I, into this terrible person. I can't remember if it was Vince Gilligan or if it was Brian Cranston, but there was someone doing an interview with that show, and they asked him, at what point do you think Walter White broke bad? Yeah. You know, was it when he killed this person or was it, you know, this thing? And whoever the uh, subject of the interview was, their answer was, I think it was when he denied the help from his friend, the rich yes. friend who offered to pay for his the old partner from the lab, yep. said, I'll pay for your uh, cancer treatment. And he was too proud to take that money. And they said that was the moment he broke bad, which is like right away yep. uh, before he even starts cooking meth. 
You know, it's just it, pride uh, was his downfall. Yeah, for and sure. It that ripped was... his ripped his entire world, his family apart. We were also talking the other day about the fact because he's into the later seasons about when Walter gives that "I am the one who knocks" speech to to Skyler. Yeah, if you've been paying attention, like she doesn't know this. She just knows that all she knows all of a sudden her husband is into some like nefarious stuff, so she can totally believe this uh, speech. But like. He's only kind of assassinated like two or three people using science. Like he's not as badass as he's making himself out to be. Like three people, man, it's like it's nothing. Right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, like yeah, every yeah. time he does something, he gives a speech like that or does something badass. All it takes is for somebody to like slap him across the face really hard, and then he's like, <laughs> yeah. back to being no, please, I'm Walter sick. again. Well, and he's like, he's got delusions of grandeur. Yeah, for sure. In so many ways because he's because nobody else like, has figured out how to make this blue meth. Right. And with Jesse, too, it's like bossing him around all the time and everything. Like, Jesse's only badass when Walter doesn't have his, like, him in the choke collar. You yeah. Know? So when they did that, like, reboot thing with Jesse. Oh, Pinkman, that El Camino. It was so weird. Movie, yeah. It was so weird to me to watch because I'm just like, this doesn't even feel like the same Jesse Pinkman. Right. So, like, I never watched Better Call Saul because, like, I was, like, detached from it at that point. But. I feel like that show... Because it's a lawyer show about a guy, right? I get it. Oh, yeah. yeah that's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. It all comes together. Well, well, well. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. I'm reverse She does like Daredevil a lot. Oh, my God. I'm obsessed with Daredevil. Yeah. Right. She's just waiting to see She-Hulk. To, or, excuse me, Jennifer show up. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I, I liked El Camino. I, I love Better Call Saul. I yeah. think it's it's a very good show. But that actually was something I was going to bring up when I was talking about I'm just so exhausted that nothing seems like I like I'm still working on the last season of Better Call Saul. It's on my DVR. Yeah. And every time I'm like, oh, there's an episode there. I'm like, oh, God, I got to sit down and watch. And I have not had a bad time. Right. A- at all. Every time I actually push play, I'm engaged. I like it. I just it's starting. It feels like an undertaking. A show I love. It's like when you used to collect comics and we would talk about all the time. It's uh, I was just talking to John at the comic store about like if I am two or three months behind in a book. I need to stop collecting that book because I do, yeah. do not care yeah. if I'm willing to let it get two to three issues behind. Yeah. And when I get like a stack like this you know, at home, and yeah. I'm like, well, obviously I'm not reading this. So, yep. You just collect them to collect them after a while. Just, yeah, exactly. You have to. They're, yeah. They, I won't have the whole set. And I need the whole set <laughs> for some reason. But yeah. No. Yeah. Well, while we're talking, there is a uh, event going on over in Germany called Gamescom, which is essentially like one of the new E3s, because E3 used to be where they announced all the games that you're going to see for the next year, uh, and now it's kind of split out, split in amongst some other stuff. Uh, I figured I'd bring it up because some of the games that they've announced is they're bringing back the Tales of the Borderlands series. Okay. That was the Borderlands one that uh, Telltale Games did, so it was less shooty and more storytelling. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's going to be coming back for a new Tales of the Borderlands. They're talking about a Return to Monkey Island game that's on its way. Dead Island 2 is coming back. Nice. And um, there was something else in here that I wanted to... Give me a second as I scroll through the... Oh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space is getting a game. Yes. <laughs> There is awesome. there's no information about what kind of game it's going to be. Uh, apparently, it's going to be made by the people who made the Friday the Thirteenth game, which uh, played a little bit. Yeah, played a little bit like uh, how Dead by Daylight works, where you had a bunch of survivors and then like one Jason. So I'd imagine it's going to be you know you and a group of friends in a uh, Left for Dead style game trying to 
survive the nights against the killer clowns. So maybe you get multiple clowns, like you get a sm- small team of villains versus the... Maybe. Uh, Jackie, obviously, you've you've seen the movie. Yes, you, yes. You understand. <laughs> Some Al, films. Uh, Amy, are you familiar with this killer clowns from outer space movie? Nope. Mostly I'm familiar with just melting over here because it's uh, still it hot is, in this room. It is super warm. <laughs> yeah, Killer Clowns from Outer Space was a movie that would show up on Cinemax every now and again. Uh, and you'd be like, what the hell is this movie? And then you'd watch it and be like, this this the song slaps. It delivers what it promises. Get the clowns it's, it's true. <laughs> Boom, they got it. They case people in cotton candy. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's, and I wanted to bring up games too because I have these these two stories. One of which is there's a game coming to Steam that is called Squirrel with a Gun, and it's it's kind of Grand Theft Auto, but you are a normal sized squirrel with a normal sized gun. <laughs> so a, you're, I mean, like the the gun is normal. It's human size. So you got to drag this what thing. What kind of gun? Yes. <laughs> like, well, like a Mossberg. There's there's two different video uh, clips of it. One is like he's got a uh, a like nine millimeter pistol and he holds up a guy for his wallet. <laughs> I'm guessing you don't get to play with an RPG in this game. I don't think so. Well, I don't know because the other clip is him with an Uzi and firing it at the ground and just going up into the air because it's just a little <laughs> tiny squirrel. But that's something to look forward to this fall that uh, you can play on your computer. (laughs) Seems frustrating as hell. (laughs) Uh, The other thing I wanted to bring up is that the new FIFA game uh, is supposed to have an ultimate edition that is $99.99 as they do. They accidentally listed it over in, uh, I think it was in France on the Epic Game Store for six cents. And a bunch of people... uh, like, yeah, six cents. Sure. I want to play the new FIFA for six cents. They're actually going to honor everybody that bought the game for six cents instead of saying like, no, 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 that was a mistake. That's supposed to be a hundred dollar game. That was like when you bought your switch and you got it for (laughs) tell that story. Yeah. Well, yeah. What was it like? It's three years ago now. Yeah. uh, When when, uh, I got us our switch, it was because Target had these uh, digital coupons that would give you like, um, it was like 10% off or something and there was five of these codes and somebody on the website didn't make it so you couldn't just stack codes and I was doing overnights at the time so like I had this there's this uh, Twitter I follow called Cheap Ass Gamer and all these all these people were lighting up I was like yeah I just got a PS4 for 50% off and I was like yeah it's like all right, I'll try it out I'll put a Nintendo Switch and Mario Kart in there and put the five codes in and if the if the when the target opens at 9 a.m. if I can still get it for the price I got it because people were there were already people saying like yeah I put it in the website and the website came back with like no you can't you can't well, get a switch for 150 dollars yeah but I did I got a switch for like 200 bucks way to beat the system man yeah it's pretty great all right let's take a short break we come back we got some comic book news for you we've got a new TMNT movie coming out and you won't believe who's attached to it. Uh, and I've got a couple of books that uh, that I want to tell you guys about that are currently in stores. And that's coming up next on Nerd Radio. BackstageCountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Award-winning movies often have incredible soundtracks, and many of those have gone on to become country gold. We've picked our top five country songs that have been nominated for an Oscar. Text OSCAR to 45911 to see if your favorite made the list on BackstageCountry.com. Text OSCAR to 45911, and we'll send the link straight to your phone. 
This is Nerd Radio. I want nothing. <laughs> I want absolutely nothing. There's no prize to win here. We're all losers. We're losers when it comes to the air conditioning in this building. That's for sure. Welcome back to Nerd Radio on the podcast page at WRIF.com. And your social media at Nerd Radio 101. And streaming Wednesday afternoons from a very warm studio at Rob Liefeld Feet. Dot com. Perfect. Thank you. Can I get it right? Yep. Okay. Nice and enunciated. Yes. You said it correctly. I, want, I wanted to make sure. It's Rob I you, Liefeld feet. I want you to get your money's Tiny worth. Tiny little foot on a gigantic calf, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you exactly. <laughs> and make sure you got your money's worth. Yep. And if for those who don't know, that just redirects directly to Chuck Bean's Twitch channel. <laughs> right. If you want to go to But Rob if Liefeld I try and feet. promote the Twitch channel... Yeah, it's robliefeldfeet.com. Right. I don't know what's yeah. so difficult about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm mad out of country because Deadpool is one of my favorite characters ever, and then I have to go back to the yeah, end. He was created by Rob Liefeld. Just, <laughs> yeah, who won't shut up I about know. it. Yeah. That's the problem. Well, he wasn't even good back then. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's really what it, every time he's like, well, I created Deadpool. He's like, well, yeah, but you didn't create the yeah, Deadpool everyone likes. Daniel yeah. Way really created Deadpool. Yes, yeah, exactly. I have said that on this show Thank before. Thank you. Like that. Yeah. Caesar, I've Daniel said, Way. My favorite Marvel character is specifically the Daniel Way Deadpool. Without a doubt. Yeah. With you. Yeah. I did. I really appreciate him when he was in, uh, what was it, Uncanny X-Force. Oh, yeah, I yeah. I think it was Rick yes. Remender doing Uncanny so X-Force. So good. Well, he was um, really good in was that, Was it Remender? Too. Oh, what a great series that yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. It was fantastic. While we're talking about X-Men, uh, I wanted to bring this in. It's too bad James isn't here because he would be so hype about this book. So a hardcover came out that is called X-Men, uh, the Uncanny X-Men Trading Cards, the complete series. And it is essentially uh, page for page. They they show you the the trading cards from the old Jim Lee X-Men thing. That oh, there's, cool. Awesome. There's about a, uh, let me see, there's about an 80-page forward where they talk about, you know, how they put it together and uh, some of the, the art... Uh, problems that they had as far as making these cards they also show you some, with some of the uh the 3d cards in the back um how like they had a gym had to like do three layers and this was before you could do this in photoshop to <laughs> to because in order to make the 3d art and it, the the part that i i really enjoy is that the dust jacket is the uh the killer. poster from x-men number one. Oh, cool the jim lee x-men number one which is really kind of cool in full color, but yeah, I uh, picked this up and I was like, "This is this is neat." I like I saw it in previews back in like I think it was October when it was coming out, and I was like, "Well, I have all those cards, but I kind of want that book." The book collection, yeah, yeah, for sure. And then uh, somebody had over the weekend had said on Twitter that like, you know, this book's going for like thirteen bucks on Amazon right now. It's twenty five dollar book. Maybe if you want to pick one huh. up. This now's the time. Oh, that's cool. Well, this is actually a good spot for me to step in because I was also my thing was also X Men related. Okay. So, uh, well, good news and bad news. Good news is I'm slightly, sort of, a little bit back into the comic book game. Interesting. The bad news is the reason I was pretty much out was I've got this weird eye problem and it's real strange. Yeah. So uh, I have to do go all digital. Really? Yeah, like I found, I pulled it up on my iPad and I was kind of looking at some digital comics and stuff and my ability to zoom in on things and zoom out on certain things is the only way I can basically see it and it's even worth looking at for me. So like that's the bad news because like it's like the only mom and pop industry left is comic book stores. Right. And as much as I would love to patronize a comic book store, 
<laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you don't, like, yeah, you don't want to be, you don't want to be reading it like this. Yeah, I can't. Right and even that doesn't necessarily so work. Like, there's stuff like the big like flim flam flume that's written across the screen. I actually got to zoom that out. I got to make it smaller to see it. I got weird eye problems, so uh, that's the bad news. Is it's pretty much all digital. So what what books were you checking out on digital? Uh, nothing real. I was kind of catching up on my uh, Green Lanterns because oh, cool. I still you, you'd been picking up all those for me. Yeah, uh, and I hadn't read any of them because I couldn't friggin' see it. So. Uh, uh, I was kind of picking up with the latest uh, Green Lantern series, but the X Men thing, I just just for fun, I went back and I was reading the very first X Men issue, which I've read before, but just kind of reading it again. And so we all know that a few years ago, Marvel retconned uh, Iceman, Bobby Drake, sure, brought him out as gay, right? Right. And I don't know if any of us knew this. But obviously, it's the 60s, so they didn't realize they were doing this. They foreshadowed that. Oh, yeah. In the first, in the very first issue. So obviously, you know what I'm talking about, Chuck. I do. I actually screenshot it to bring it in, right? Okay. So uh, originally, obviously, it's just the four guys, Cyclops, Beast, Angel, and Iceman. Those are the X-Men. And in that first issue, Jean Grey shows up for the first time. And so they go through, like, uh, it's not even the danger room yet, but they're going through some exercises. And then they get done. And, uh, you know, Professor Xavier's like, hey, just so you know, our new student's coming up, and she's a redhead. And all the guys get all super excited, and they run off, rush over to the window. And, I mean, like, here's the just a quick view. And then so what it says, you got Cyclops is like, wow, you're right, sir. She's a real living doll. And then you got Angel over here who's like, she's a redhead. Look at that face and the rest of her. And then Beast is uh, also a little bit horny. (laughs) (laughs) All of a sudden, I'm in no hurry to graduate from this school. And then off to the side, you just have the boot of Iceman who's like, a girl, big deal. I'm glad I'm not a wolf like you guys. And he's walking off screen. <laughs> be yep. He's so upset that there's a girl. And if you actually, uh, and I actually backed it up a couple panels right before he tells them that Jean Grey is coming. They were just joshing around, and my God, is Iceman having the time of his life in the arms of the other (laughs) X-Men. And he went from 100 to zero just from that to all of a sudden there's a girl, and they're all, yeah. It's it's funny because in those issues in the 60s, it was played more about the fact that, like, he's only, like, 14, and the others are, like, 16 or 17. Yeah. So, like, they're feeling their hormones, and they're like, mmm, ladies. Yeah. And he's just like, eh, whatever, girls are yucky. Yeah. Um, But it's just, I just, I laughed so hard. I was like, because you know that as progressive as Stanley was in the 1960s, he wasn't foreshadowing that in a a mass printed comic book you know what i mean i think it was around like uh it might have even been chris claremont in the 70s and 80s who picked up on it and was like oh he's gay oh really that's why that's why he doesn't care about gene gray and that's in the that's why i didn't even realize it went back that far i just they 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 officially retconned it a few years ago right and that was the thing is that like i think brian michael bendis is the one that had him come out and i believe so yeah yeah and it was the one that was like well, it was always there. Like, yeah. there's multiple writers who were dropping hints throughout the decades. Of yeah. Like, yeah, Bobby's the reason Bobby doesn't do well with ladies is because yeah. he's just not out yet. And they, I think they actually cool. did a really good. Uh, they handled it well yeah. when they outed him. I think it was all new X Men. I think where they brought the uh, the original X Men forward in time or right. back or whatever it was. And so you've got, like, two different eras of the same people interacting. Yeah. And I think uh, older Bobby Drake's, like... Actually, it, 
did the younger Bobby Drake? He's the one that he's, he's the one who comforts the older one. Yes, and allows because, him to come out. Because in all new X Men, Gene Gene is the one that uh, like looks in his head and is like, because he's doing what he does in the Silver Age, like, eh, yuck, a girl, and she's yeah. like, why do you do that? Like, you're gay, Bobby. And he's like, yeah. no, I'm not. He's like, Bobby, I'm a telepath. You're gay. <laughs> like, yes, you are. <laughs> and then they end up approaching yeah. the older Iceman, and that's when he's like, oh, yeah. I've had to not think about it for years. Yeah. I just but, like to, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't cut you off. I just like to point out, in that picture, uh, Bobby is literally in the arms of the angel. Yes, he is. He, he, is. Yeah, he, he totally is. is. He is. Sarah McLaughlin here. Yeah, yeah. yeah 100% for the <laughs> camera the here. I don't even know if I have it on there right, but yep, yep, just yep, see, yep, perfect. But, uh, that's one of the yeah. first. Things they, that's one of the first things they approach to is the fact that like I had to go to school with this extremely handsome rich man who's an angel. Do you understand how difficult it was to be a closeted gay kid in the sixties yeah. with this guy walking yeah. around? That in order to reveal his mutant power, he has to take his shirt off all the time so his wings can stretch out every time. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then I mean, he's got what the other members of the team: the bear, I mean, the beast, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. And then Cyclops, yeah. if you forgive me, really does kind of just look like a walking penis. So yeah, he does. He really does. He's one eye bald. And right. Yes. Yeah. But uh, and then of course in like two panels, actually uh, they they make. Uh, some advancements to sexually harass Jean Grey. That's her yes, initial. Yes, they do. <laughs> they absolutely and, uh, do. She's telekinetic, so she whoops their ass. But yep. my God, it, <laughs> they get very aggressive with her right out of the gate because yeah. it's 1963 or whatever it is. So, so one of the books I brought in was actually the current uh, crossover that's going on. It's called Judgment Day. It is a fight between the Eternals and the X-Men. Uh, with the Avengers caught in the middle of it. Hmm. Um, the reason for that is uh, that, as I've told you guys before, uh, part of the House of X powers of 10 is that there's a mutant circuit of five uh, mutants that can now bring back anybody who dies. So death is off the table for hmm. the mutants. They have kept that under wraps until recently. Now uh, all of the 616 universe knows that mutants can bring people back and the humans are very upset about like, well, why can't you bring back my grandma? I can't you bring back my dead son kind of thing. And they're, so they're they're having to deal with that. Um, and the Eternals are pissed because that's their whole thing. They don't they're they're forever. They don't die. So they're like, OK, we have to we have to figure out how to make it so that like the mutants can't keep doing this. So that that's that's why they're they're going up against each other. Uh, so far, it's, as crossovers go, it's it's OK, but it it does seem to be ramping up. Like the the Avengers and the X Men actually reanimated a uh, a Celestial, which are the ones that, mm, yeah. that created the Eternals. Uh, and that Celestial, the first thing it does is tell the all of Earth that it has twenty four hours, and then it will be judged. Oh my! So Good. bad plan. <laughs> Thanos did nothing wrong. Yeah, and that's <laughs> well. And that's the other thing I wanted to bring up is in the very first issue, the way that the uh, Eternals decide to try and take out uh, the 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 mutants as far as their their ability to reconstitute themselves is Thanos is an eternal or is it is connected with the eternals and they have Thanos's father kind of under wraps they give him 24 hours on Mars to wipe out as many mutants as possible to kind of send a message of like yeah don't don't do this thing don't do the, don't don't keep reconstituting yourself and he like because they uh last year or something the X-Men um like made it so that they could they could live on Mars 
and then moved a bunch of the mutants there as well. And almost all of them, including Magneto and Storm, get wiped out in like an afternoon. Awesome. So it's a it's a big war going on between the Eternals and the X Men. If you're you're into that kind of thing, and the last book I brought in because I wanted to I wanted to show you guys is I've been uh, going through the the Vertigo books. You know, after reading Sandman, uh, yeah, I've been yeah. going through the Vertigo uh, back issues at uh, the comic store that I'm at, and I am a sucker for the anthology series that Vertigo used to do. They used to do different ones based on ghosts or based on uh, going to space, something like that. They had one called Gangland that was just crime crime. Uh, stuff and the first issue has a uh, uh, cover by Tim Bradstreet. You can see on the camera if you're watching us on Twitch. It's a guy in a in a stall, but half of the cover you can open up so you can open up the other stall and see the dead body in it. Oh man! And I'm like, <laughs> that's kind of a neat cover. That's a if I wasn't already interested in a book that has like Brian Azzarello and Tim Bradstreet doing it, uh, and Frank Quitely and Dave Gibbons who did uh, Watchmen. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you give me a cool cover like that. Like I don't need a glossy, uh, you know, 90s cover that's got embossed stuff on it. But this is a fun gimmick. I like I that. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, have you uh, ever checked out any of the older Garth Ennis Punishers where Tim Bradstreet was doing? The oh, yeah. I've got all those. So good. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. All that stuff. Punisher Max. Yeah. It's good stuff. And uh, something I brought up earlier is uh, Seth Rogen is attached to a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that's going to be coming out next year called Mutant Mayhem. Okay. Uh, well, you know what? I will say this, that that guy is a fan of comics, and yeah. uh, he usually does right by them. Right. So if you are a Ninja Turtles fan, you could be a lot more excited about this than Michael Bay, say. That's fair. I give it that. You know. Yeah, absolutely fair. I just can't wait to hear his laugh coming out of a mutant of some sort. He's dead like, <laughs> Bebop or Rocksteady are more than likely going to end up being Seth Rogen. That would be great. So, so we got James Franco stepping in his shredder. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't go too far without his his buddies. I love those, uh, I think it's Lay's commercials that are on right now that is like Seth Rogen and uh, Ant-Man, Paul Rudd, at like Paul Rudd's wedding. And like remembering, like a road trip they took together. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I have seen I that. I haven't seen that before. Yeah, no. They keep playing them during that. like Monday Night Raw, and I keep seeing it. And I'm like, this is hilarious. Hmm. I dig this. <laughs> well, that's all I got for you guys. Oh, thank God for this week's Nerd Radio. Yeah, we're gonna uh, we're gonna wrap it up here. Um, I will be back in two weeks. I'm sure Amy will be with me. Al, uh, we won't talk to you for about a month. I think. Is that what it is? I think. Or no, it, we, we actually. So, he actually, he's not counting it down. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually you're, curious. You're on vacation that week. I think the following week we'll have an episode. Yes. yes. So uh, you guys will get more bang for your buck next month with Nerd Radio. And Jackie, we, we'll totally have you back again. I'd love to come back. Man. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Do you want to plug any social media or anything before we go? I don't have social media. I'm old. I don't even watch TV. I, All right. I'd say check out my MySpace, I guess. All right, cool. <laughs> Excellent. I'll be updating his live, live journal, journal later. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's one mind, dude. Uh, Amy, people, people, people could find you online at acronym is. Yep, acronym is on everything. Yep, and uh, Al, you don't want people to find you online. No, I, I really don't. But uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play uh, Jackie off the show here. Let's see. All right, <laughs> dialing it up. Yep. Oh God. There we go. Bye, Jackie. Thanks for joining us. Come back soon. This sound is so triggering. <laughs> At this point, I love the sound. Oh. This is nostalgia. <laughs> well, the, the sound that 
Whoa, my goodness. Ooh, that's upset there. Usually if yeah. my dial-up's making that sound, it means I'm not connecting on the first try. Yeah. That was Apex Exactly, twin. exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Come someone, to daddy. <laughs> someone pick up the handset on this episode. <laughs> Somebody in the chat said, just scared the crap out of my office. <laughs> the dial-up sound. We'll talk to you guys in two weeks. As soon as this... Play the thing, goddammit! I hit it! <laughs> I'm in a difficult situation here. I mean, after all, you're nerds. This Transformer is cool. Have a great weekend. See you later, nerds. The future's stupid, guys. I'm sorry, but it is. I have spoken. Backstagecountry.com, your online home for all things country music. Lainey Wilson is on a roll. She's delivering great music and teaming up with some of country's hottest acts. Text Laney to 45911 to see which four Laney Wilson collabs have us talking at BackstageCountry.com. Text Laney to 45911 to get a link to the list sent right to your phone from BackstageCountry.com. Welcome back to Nerd Radio. Once again this week, we've got an extra special thing for you on the podcast. I'm talking to Shayna Baszler from the WWE, the current up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right champion. As well as, uh, in just a week or two, possibly the SmackDown Women's Champion. Shayna, how are you this morning? That's, uh, that's it right there. That's a pretty belt, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be, uh, I'll be, uh, dual champ You be in, in just over a week. So be the champ champ. <laughs> Uh, I've uh, I've been a huge fan of your career, though not initially. I have to say, when uh, I first saw you on NXT uh, uh, and in the uh, the May Young tournament, I was like, I don't like Shayna. She's a bully, and it took me a little while to 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 warm up to the fact that oh no, she's not actually mean. She's just really good at her job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, I don't know all wrestlers that you talk to will say that the best uh, character they find is something that's partly true in themselves. So I don't know, you know, <laughs> right, right. So yeah, I'm uh, it's, it's very exciting to talk to you this morning and uh, how are you feeling going into <clears throat> clash at the castle? Is this going to be your first time going overseas over to England with the WWE uh, to Cardiff? I've been, I've been over a few times. We were there. I got, um, F.U. Shayna out of the Royal Albert Hall. Nice. Uh, so, I mean, there's that. But, uh, yeah, uh, to, to Wales, I've never been to Wales. All right. Is there anything, uh, you know, uh, extracurricular you might be looking forward to doing that weekend? Well, I so I was doing um, another interview with a guy, a station that's over there, and they were telling me, because I always like to find, I think the best way to experience a city, even when I'm on the road in the U.S., is like a local coffee house and a local brewery. Ah. So I got some recommendations from from him, so hopefully we have time. I don't know. A lot of times we don't have time. Yeah. Um, Even on like house shows here, so I can imagine this is a huge show, so we're going to be super busy doing all kinds of stuff. So if we get time. Nice. Nice. So you started your career in mixed martial arts, fighting in uh, the UFC as well as a couple other places. What for you was the most difficult adjustment coming from a sport where you were encouraged to knock your opponent's head off to an entertainment medium where you want it to look like you knocked your opponent's head off, but maybe not necessarily? <laughs> well, 
I think uh, the two the two biggest things that were hard for me is is um, like in mixed martial arts, I guess like any sport, you don't want to have rabbit ears. You don't want to be hearing what the crowd says. You need to listen to your coaches and sure. that's it and drown out the crowd noise. Don't you know what I mean? And so uh, crossing over into professional wrestling, it's the opposite. You have you need to listen to the crowd. You need to, uh, you know, the crowd is a a main character in this story going on. So it's, right. it, they're an integral part of, of what happens and how things play out. And I don't think people understand how, uh, how much of what we do is like not decided by beforehand. Oh, it's okay. A lot of like, well, I mean, if they like it, then we, you know, if they hate it. So uh, that part, uh, just changing my, the way I hear things. And then um, the other thing is like, because of the nature of like the arena and whatnot, like in a mixed martial arts fight, for example, I don't want to telegraph, like I'm going to throw this at you. You know what I right. mean? Like they're going to know, but so I want to keep everything hidden and tight and who cares if the audience doesn't know, I know what I'm doing. I'm the fighter. But uh, in a in a pro wrestling sense, I need to show. You need to let your opponent uh, know that this is coming, and you need to. You it's know, not even make the it opponent. It's it's um it's that guy that brought his ten year old kid way up there. Right. Uh, it's showing them, and I think um, not to like get off track of your question, but I think the pandemic actually, in some ways, really helped me because a lot of what I do is the small joint stuff. Right. And the beginning of beginning of my main roster run was during that pandemic when we didn't have crowds. So all we had was the camera to zoom sure. in. So I was able to teach our audience what I do so that now we're in big arenas. Now everyone knows what I'm doing. So I think it kind of, uh, uh in some ways helped me out. How was the, um, like, how was the adjustment speaking of the, the pandemic or how was the adjustment going from working for a crowd to working for a camera and then going back to it? <laughs> To working Man, for the crowds. I don't think people, and I think even towards the end of the Thunderdome era, we might have not even really remembered, but I think like people don't understand the energy, how much that carries us. Sure. It's very difficult to do, you know, wrestling hurts and um, the crowd makes it maybe not hurt as much. Yeah, get your adrenaline so, up a little bit. You know, the Thunderdome hurt a lot more than. I think any other era there's probably been. Right, right. I know that those first couple of weeks where they, uh, it's the one time we as wrestling fans were okay with the idea of them piping in crowd noise because the first couple of weeks it was just watching guys fall off ladders and just hearing the crunch is like, I don't know if yeah. I like this. This is weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very strange. The 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 uh, the PC era, right, before the Thunderdome. That right. was like... And that was hard for us because, um, you know, nobody knew how the world was running. So we were doing, we were like doing, we were recording episodes ahead of time. So we'd be there from like eight in the morning till 2 a.m. Like doing matches and promos and everything's out of order and it's not live. So we could do this part because they're ready and they're, you know what I mean? It was just, man. I, 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 I appreciate the time. I got to like sleep in my own bed consistently, sure. but like. Man, it makes it made the job harder. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was, you know, doing a little research before we got started, and I'd forgotten uh, that uh, 
in the probably historic couple of weeks there where NXT invaded the WWE before Survivor Series, you were the first person we saw on SmackDown come out and beat somebody's ass. Uh, And that was... I, I absolutely loved that era, but the reason I bring it up is because just looking at where the rosters are now, I was kind of counting on, on Raw and on SmackDown. There are more NXT alumni on television at this point than there are people who never was at NXT. Do you guys kind of look at each other sometimes and be like, we made it? There's There are weird moments, actually, where... Um, you know, a group of us will be on a house show or something and we'll be like... Holy smokes, guys! This was like the crew that you know what I mean. Like right. there, there are there are still moments, and I think um, that's a good thing. You know what I mean? You never want to like forget that what we're doing is actually pretty crazy, mm-hmm. and like the 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 parts in the universe that had to all come together to like make what's going on happen right now. It's for it's sure. wild to think about. Like I, I I don't know. It's a it's a crazy life. That's for sure. So I got to ask, are you as interested in a Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler feud as we as fans are? Well, here's the thing. I think people that don't that haven't done like combat sports, like even amateur wrestling or like uh, jujitsu or martial arts, whatever. Um, like the thing that's always kind of the rule is like. If my friend and teammate is the champion, I'm not necessarily going to actively call out the champion. You know, I wouldn't get on a mic and be like, Ronda, I'm next, you know, or whatever. (laughs) Sure. But uh, I'm obviously competing to be the best. And so as my friend, you know, let's say I win the title against Liv. If Ronda emerges as the number one contender, it's an insult as her friend to not give her that simply because we're friends. Like I should, you know, she, she, if she earns it, I'm not going to deny her that. So I I, I don't know. I don't know if I, maybe it's just that um, fans want to see it, but like Rhonda and I legitimately like lived and trained together. So it wouldn't be like the first time we've beat the snot out of each other in in a friendly way, I guess. Uh, but we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens. It's wrestling and, you know, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, we're only a couple of days away from seeing you. Actually, when this episode of Nerd Radio airs, it will be Friday, which is when SmackDown mm. is going to be at the Little Caesars Arena. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing you. We're looking forward to seeing, I believe, uh, we're going to get to see the Street Profits and the Usos in a, in a dark match, which is going to be fantastic. And, of course, all the other uh, SmackDown superstars. Just another question or two before I let you go. The show is obviously called Nerd Radio, so I've got to delve some into that. I see you got a Return of the Jedi poster in the background. Yeah, and a and a Palpatine statue. I don't know if excellent. I, yeah, I, didn't take that I thought it was a plant, but now that you say it's Palpatine, I can totally make him out. There. <laughs> Had to turn my. Uh... Yeah, a little little focus, focus in there. Yeah, 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 for sure. So obviously, huge Star Wars fan. Uh, I also saw that you're a big Warhammer 40k fan. I love 40k. I, if I'm being honest, I probably love 40k more than Star Wars. It's just not as popular sure. over here, so I, I I don't get a chance to talk about it as much. So are we talking like the full army of miniatures uh, painting, getting down? Yeah, and- I um I don't play the the tabletop game. Okay, 
just because I don't I don't have the time and like oh sure like I said over here it's it's not as popular so I have to like ha- not just have the time to like play but like go seek out you know a games place or something but right. like I like painting the miniatures I if I were to like hope I want to be one of those people that you know I want to make like a diorama of like um the the emperor and and Horus with like sanguineous laying between them that'd be sure. cool but stuff like that like the dioramas and whatnot that I would love to do that do you check out the uh the video games they've got based on uh Warhammer yeah all the time Dawn of War series is like one of my favorite nice I still I still to this day play that game through okay like, I played I played uh I think last year a friend got me uh, the Vermintide game the like kind of Vermintide is awesome and Darktide yeah. is coming out in November now and I'm like counting the days down till nice. Darktide because nice. that's a 40k Vermintide basically yeah so. yeah so as I mentioned at the top of the interview you are the left right left right champion over on the up down up down uh now that the camera's right better focus for that really make out that uh that absolutely beautiful belt i was just last night actually watching the video from a couple weeks ago when you won the championship and uh you beat i believe it was ricochet yeah he was the former champ and it was like a story you couldn't write it better because we were in the finals for that title before and i had him down to like a sliver we were playing like gundam and I had his life down to a sliver, and he somehow makes this miraculous comeback and whoops right. me and wins the title. So it was always eating at me. So it was <laughs> the it was, the uh, I I can't recall the game that you guys were playing. What was it called? Midhog. Midhog. Yeah, that I I I played that a couple of years ago, and I remember thinking like this game is really fun, and it's always great to see games that persist like that. Like years later, people are still playing because they're just put together absolutely beautifully. Do you have uh like what are some of your favorite video games? Like of all time? Yeah, of all time. Like what are some of your, you're like, man, I remember having a great time with this one. Not to sound like super cliche, but Final Fantasy VII. Nice. Is like n- number one, probably yeah. for me. It's the first time I was like so into a story like that. Like, I I, I don't know. I, I love that. And then. um, Everyone I remembers think, their first Final Fantasy game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, I like Knights of the Old Republic, obviously. Excellent. Those are great games. And I hear they're remaking that, so we'll see. We're a few years away, I think, but... Yeah. I think they, they put them on the Nintendo Switch, and they kind of, like, polished them up a little bit, but it, it does... I I think I'd read that they're either making a, a, a direct sequel, or they're re- looking to remake one of them. Yeah. And, and that's a cool, like. like, time period in the lore, so... Yeah. That's, that's a fun one. Um... And, uh, oh man, I could sit here all day just naming (laughs) games that I love. It is, it is absolutely fascinating to see what you're, like I said, when I was first exposed to you, I was just like, she's just a big mixed martial arts bully. And then to see what your extracurricular life is, it's almost even more interesting than your wrestling life. Like I saw that you, (laughs) you're an EM, you've trained as an EMT, uh, you, you help out with a, a roller derby league, like. I, I, I don't know. I have a lot of stories for the book someday, you know, I was, I was, I was, so it like all kind of went in line where I became an EMT because I was like, my life plan at the time was like, oh, I'm going to get on the fire department and you have to be an EMT in order to get on fire because they're first responders. So like, I was like trying to get on the fire department. I got all the way through the process and then, and then the ultimate fighter announced they're going to have women. And I got all the way through the process and I was like, well, I know I can do that. Yeah. 
think I need one more solid run to see what happens. Yeah, then, you'd, you know. you'd probably be kicking yourself if you didn't try out. Yeah, I mean, I'd have a solid job, you know, back in my hometown, but I would always be like, I can, I think I can beat that girl, you know, or whatever. <laughs> right, I don't know. right. Well, as I said before, we are looking forward to checking you out as well as the rest of the SmackDown roster uh, this Friday. What do you got in store for Liv this Friday, just a couple of weeks out from essentially ripping all her arms and legs off? I mean, we got two SmackDowns left, and I'm just, you know, especially recently, I've been all about sending messages. So we'll see what else needs to be said, but clearly she's not getting it, and I'll make sure she does by the time Clash of the Castle comes. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you for your uh, time this morning, Shana. Thank you.